Welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. Episode number five, an eclectic mix, a grab bag of guests, to say the least. Jared Allen, the rhinestone cowboy, mullet-flying quarterback, killing author and pass sacker extraordinaire of the Minnesota Vikings will be joining us on this podcast, fresh off of the Vikings' disappointing Monday night loss in the New Meadowlands, in which Brett Favre did throw three duck touchdown passes, including his 500th of his career, two, yes, Randy Moss. But uh, the Vikings are now 1-3 and three in staring into the 2010 abyss with the Dallas Cowboys equally at 1-3 and three coming into their house on Sunday in what seems to be a do-or-die contest for both teams who last met in the Metrodome back in January in the NFC Divisional Round. And now here they are in desperation mode in the regular season in October of 2010, facing one another. We'll talk about all of this, including what's going on with Brett Favre, with Jared Allen here on the podcast. That also includes Ice Cube in studio. The big-time Raider fan will come in here with chest puffed out, no doubt, talking about how the Raiders snapped a 13-game losing streak against the San Diego Chargers, who fell, by the way, to 0-2 in division, just like the Indianapolis Colts. Who would have thought that both of those two contending teams for the Super Bowl prior to the season would be five games into the season at 0-2 in division? Now, the Colts did survive against the Kansas City Chiefs this past week to improve to 3-2, and but the Chargers fell to 2-3, and which the Raiders now are, and so are the Denver Broncos, the only team above 500 in the AFC West, or the Kansas City Chiefs at 3-1. and one. So they still, even though they lost coming off the bye week, the Chiefs still have a two-game lead in the AFC West. Meaning, with that loss in Indianapolis as well, we have no 4-0 and teams in the NFL for the first time since 1970. Parity is definitely reigning supreme in the National Football League. It is wide open. The NFC is wide open. The Packers fall to the Washington Redskins. They're both 3-2. The Giants are 3-2. The Eagles are 3-2. Atop the NFC North, you have the 4-1 Bears, but who really believes that is really a Super Bowl contending team? I know the Bears are sick and tired of being discounted, but a team that throws for 50 yards passing, I know Cutler was out, but a team that throws for 50 yards passing because Cutler's out, because the week before, Cutler was sacked nine times. Are the Bears really a Super Bowl contending team in the NFC? The Falcons are 4-1. They came up with a win this past week on the road in Cleveland, and they needed every last bit of help to do it. Are they really a Super Bowl contending team? The NFC is wide open. As for the AFC, the Jets are now 4-1. Favre definitely carved up that defense in the second half. I think Darrell Rivas is hurt. And the Jets, who have a bye week in Week 7, perhaps they should sit Rivas out as they take on the Denver Broncos this week. A lot of great games coming up on the docket this week as well. And we'll talk about that in our Hot Topic segment with the Worm. Jason Worms will return and Bardia Shireas, fellow senior producer here at NFL Network. These guys watch every game with me every Sunday. They see as many snaps of the football as any fan in the NFL. And they'll talk about some hot topics in the NFL. That includes, by the way, we won't talk about it with those guys. Without a doubt, uh, you got to listen to this, folks. It's on YouTube, and I feel the need to play this, certainly with Ice Cube in studio, all excited about his Raiders winning. But 
every time there is a thrill of victory for somebody like Ice Cube and for the Raider Nation, there's an agony of defeat. And on YouTube, there's a young man on the couch in his house watching the Raiders walk off victorious. And I, I would guess he's a five-year-old. <laughs> and he's on the couch sitting next to his mom who's feeding a, a, a baby brother, it looks like. And this was his reaction to the Chargers losing this poor kid. I can't believe it. Me too. I think that kid needs a little bit of loving, some tender love and care. One day he'll realize he doesn't really hate football. That's just a, a young man acting out. But he definitely will hate the Raiders the rest of his life. You know that. The seeds have already been sown. <laughs> Daddy is teaching his kid very well to root for the San Diego Chargers in the proper way, and vice versa. Ice Cube is going to come on here, and I'm sure spew some invective the way of the Chargers. Those teams clearly don't like each other. But uh, maybe maybe the kid can calm down watching a little Caillou. little Elmo. That works for my boy. But uh, he's only two. <laughs> I've already gotten three emails. You need to see this YouTube video. So you guys should say, or, and ladies who are listening to this podcast, seek that out. You need to see the video with that audio. But let's get to my first guest. He is one of the top pass rushers in the National Football League, a perennial pro bowler. He is the rhinestone cowboy, as Deion Sanders re refers to him. And he's also an author of the quarterback killer cookbook, Jared Allen of the Minnesota Vikings, joining us on the Rich Eisen podcast. Jared, we appreciate you joining us. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, you bet. What time did you get in from the game? Oh, a nice little 5.30 got back to my house. So, oh, uh, my gosh. You know, nothing like watching the sun come up after a, after a loss. So you, you flew, <laughs> so the game's delayed, you fly home, it's 5.30, and you're watching the sun come up, and you're still soaking in what happened in the New Meadowlands. Is that the scenario? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. You know, soaking on my couch, going to be watching, uh, catching my morning news before I take a little nap. But, uh, <laughs> so... It was, it was uh, you know, I tell you what, those are those are heartbreaking losses, you know. You feel you defensively, um, you know, obviously we gave up a few more yards in the run game than we wanted to, but, you know, we felt like holding them to field goals was going to pay off. And then, you know, at the end of the game, they get a rushing touchdown. And, you know, still through all the chaos, we had the ball at the end of the game to go down and kick a field goal to win it. And we just didn't pull it off. And that's kind of been the, uh, the scenario of our season so far. Games last year that we were going down and winning at the end or, or putting away early, you know, we have we haven't been doing that this year. We've had opportunities to win, you know, win three of these games, and uh, and we haven't done it. Yeah, there's three teams that most people are wondering what's the matter with the 49ers who have yet to win a game, and uh, and your opponent this week, the Dallas Cowboys, who are just like you at one and three. If you could put your finger on one thing, Jared, the reason why the Minnesota Vikings are one and three, what would that be? Uh, inconsistencies on uh, on both sides of the ball. I think um, you know just. You know, like I said last night, defensively, I thought I thought we were playing well, and then, you know, we we gave up too many big plays last night, and you know, at times where you need to, you know, hold, you, we're, we're asking you to get to a point where you can't even give up field goals anymore. You know, you need to step up and do that. And I thought, you know, I thought we had the ability to do it because we were doing it on such a consistent level. But again, you know, we have one drive where we give up a, uh, you know, where we give up a uh, touchdown, and then. 
you know, and, and I think too, you know, we had them stopped at third and 21 back in the, you know, in their end zone towards their, like, you know, their, I think, geez, it was like the 10 yard line. And then, uh, you know, so you hope to stop there, get good field position, but they you know, trap and you get a first down. So I think just inconsistencies and then turnovers, you know, we're not forcing the turnovers like we need to. And, uh, and we're giving up too many. So, you know, obviously you turn the, you know, you turn the ball over and, you know, like that, especially to a team like the Jets, they're going to win. What was the plane ride home like? Did it did uh, did anybody get together and 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 address these issues uh, either just amongst the players or the coaches? I mean, what was the plane ride home like after you realized you've lost three of your first four games? No, I think I think it's it, it was kind of just solace, just you know, quiet and people, you know, thinking about what they got to get done. I mean, and it's not. I mean, you don't really need to have a meeting to address it. I mean, it's. it's clear black and white ink i mean it's sitting right there on paper for everybody to see right you know you, you turn the ball over and you can't win and uh and defensively we gotta we gotta do better especially at stopping the run you know i mean giving up 155 yards rushing is, is unacceptable in our book and so um again you know just being consistent and, and making the tackles and, you know we'll watch the film and, and each one of those runs that hit there was somebody somebody had an opportunity to make a tackle that's the cool part about our defense is when you play a gap defense, you can pinpoint, you know, who made a mistake and what went wrong. Right. So we'll look at that. And then, uh, you know, as far as we got to, you know, and, you know, we got to step up our pass rush too. I mean, you know, me personally, I mean, I'm getting close, but um, I need to finish those, finish those plays. I need to, you know, figure out what's going on there and, and just, and just keep grinding and we'll be okay. I mean, luckily we've been in this, I mean, not luckily, but we've been in a situation a few years back where we were one and three uh, at the end of the first, you know, four games. And, uh, we were able to come back and put some put a winning streak together and end up winning the division and going to the playoffs. So, you know, I think our our concentration is now it's, it's got to be a one game, you know, not one game season, so to speak. But you know, we got to concentrate on getting this getting this victory and then and not getting ahead of ourselves and you know just getting on the same page. Whatever that takes, you know, guys, it's gut check time and you know, guys that are supposed to be making the big plays got to step up and do it and. Um, the rest of the guys got to got to pick it up and 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 play at a level that's more consistent and more. You know, used to what we're playing at. In terms of the Favre of it all, you could see this coming after 30 yards passing in the first half that he was distracted by what's going on off the field. What's your take on that, Jared? Ah, uh, you know, for me, that's that's an issue between between them. So, uh, you know, him and his his family. That's right. So, no, I'm not asking you about what's going on with it. But in terms oh, yeah, of the no, in no. terms of the team, in terms of him on the field, I mean, was he? Did you see a focused guy out there on on the field? Yeah. That's one thing Brett always does. I mean, you can see the work he puts in. And, uh, you know, and at the end of the game, you know, you, you know that he's, he's trying to make a play to Shank, and I watched the replay, you right. know, and, and he was open. That guy made a, made a great play. And, you know, and our offense really picked it up in the second half and we're, and we're putting points. And, you know, I, we made a, game, <laughs> made a game out of it. It made it interesting. So, right. And, yeah, I think, you know, we're having some breaks. I mean, you take the Niners game last year mm-hmm. where we probably had no business winning. You go down and, and – you know, we, in a two-minute situation, we score the touchdown and win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can rattle off three or four more games last year that, you know, we had to come back. And, I mean, you look at Baltimore, we'd come back and, you know, we had the ball in, in, in a two-minute situation. We'd come back, kick a field goal, and win the game. So, I mean, those in, in three of three our three losses, we've had a chance to uh, – to win the game at the, right. win the game at the end of the game and, and we didn't take advantage of it. That's that's the main difference right now. Whether it's defense getting the ball back to our offense one more time, or uh, offense putting you know going down and scoring. And so you know, but as far as focus, I don't think anybody's lacking focus. Right. It's just that we're not we're not making those plays that we were last year and uh, 
you know, obviously each year stands on its own merit, so we just got picked up. And Ryan Longwell said, uh, told ESPN last night that uh, that Brett got up in front of the team and, and addressed what's going on. Is, is there anything you could shed any light on what that was like in the locker room before the game, Jared? No, I mean, I want to keep that. I, I like to keep our closed doors stuff closed doors, but, um, you know, he, he's a caring teammate. He's a caring, he's a caring guy, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, he wants to win games, and that and that's and that's all I can say about Brett there. And and what what was it like when you went down on his farm with Hutch and Longwell? Did you really <laughs> not know? Did you really did you really not know that you would that that uh, that this was a possibility that that you'd be coming back empty-handed? Was that really a possibility when you went down? Absolutely, absolutely. We didn't we didn't have a we didn't have a clue. That's why we went down there just to get an answer one way or the other. And um, I tell you what, seeing the size of a deer on his on his farm, I almost stayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wanted you wanted that for your cookbook, is what is that, I think that's where you're going on that. Absolutely, are you kidding me? I just actually just got back from the butcher shop right now and picked up one of my deer. So, oh, you know, it, it's grilling season. Yeah. So uh, and it, so you Hutch and and uh, and Longwell, did you did you all did you all get separate wings? Uh, I mean, what did what did you get? I mean, did you? <laughs> Describe got, describe the guest room good. for me. I mean, uh, that's that's what I'm looking for right here. Oh, this is I think you can play a football game in the hallway. Is that right? To go get to my room. Well, it's, it's a beautiful place. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I remember calling my wife, and I'm like, I think I'm at a hotel, but it's Brett's house. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving little mints on the pillow for you and yeah. for you in the morning. No, it was so it was so nice. I made sure I tucked the corners and nice and sharp, you know. Right, just like my grandpa told me, military style. I don't want to. I don't want to be the one that didn't make his bed and make a leave a mess in place. <laughs> yes, yeah. I guess so. Did you? You made your own bed. I mean, is that what you did? Oh, absolutely. Want absolutely. to make sure hospital corners. I was, you, I was raised well. I was raised well with good house manners, good right. guest manners. Okay, so now, so and and one last question for you on this. So many people think Favre may be deep down regretting coming back right now, Jared. Can you? Can you? Just being a teammate and a close guy, this guy. Could you? Could you say with certainty that he definitely doesn't regret coming back yeah, right now? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, and you can and you can see it. I mean, you look at the excitement he got when he threw that touchdown pass to Randy, and mm-hmm. and when we're in the game. And if I'd say if he regretted, you wouldn't see the emotion that he gives. You wouldn't see the, you know, if someone that doesn't want to be out there just kind of eh, doesn't carry it away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the excitement and and you know, and he's and he's the first one to tell you, you know. We need to grind and, and, and really get back on track. And, and this is the NFL. I mean, this is what happens. But, you know, you can turn things around with with some little mistakes. And it's funny how each you know, week in and week out, it just it goes to show. I mean, the people that protect the football, you know, have a better chance of winning the game. And I'd say probably right now that's our number one thing that we can fix immediately is protecting the football. Protecting the football. And you got Dallas who's equal. And creating turnovers, yeah. Yeah, and Dallas is equally as desperate this week. I mean, that that is going to be a marquee game in week six of the NFL. I mean, how are you approaching this game? Are you approaching this as do or die? Because a lot of people think that's what this game is against Dallas this week for both teams. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's do or die because the season still has a lot to go, but it definitely uh, needs to get done. I mean, I'd say the sense of urgency has heightened quite a bit. And um, and from here on out, until you get to 500 and push and get on a win streak, I think every single game is, is crucial. I mean, you can't go, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, down in in this league because uh, you know play in a tough division, and um, you know we got it, we got it. So as far as it's do or die, 
think it's a little early to say that, but it, it's a definite. I mean, it's a definite game that we have to win. All right, let's get into the nuts and bolts of what you do for a living. When you're down uh, in that stance, what are you thinking about as the ball's about to be snapped? How, how do you mentally get prepared for a rep? Just one snap, Jeff. Uh, you know, you just got to. Uh, you know, with the old thing, you know, when you put your hand in the dirt, nothing matters except for that guy across from me. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to anticipate, you know, anticipate snap count, anticipate, you know, all my pre-snap keys, you know, what, what's his stance telling me, run pass, you know, get off. You know, the first thing is always get off. And then reading that block, reacting and trying to make a play. And then, you know, trying to uh, I say, I swear these quarterbacks, the drops get shorter and the uh, passes get quicker. So right. I'm just trying to. Some some uh, you know, get, some players have told me, Jared, that they think that the person across from them is taking food off their table. That they literally start thinking like that. You don't have that mindset when you're out there on the field. Oh, not not the food on my table. I definitely I have disdain for that person across from <laughs> when I'm playing against them. Absolutely, I get there's no there's no love lost. You know, I'll, I'll do pretty much whatever it takes to to get the job done. So uh, you know, we can all shake hands and be cool after the game. And I think that's what's cool about our sport is you know everybody's such competitors that they put that aside and. And you, you know, you just you battle, play in and play out, and, and and that's what it is. What you never know what that play is going to be to create, you know, to create a game-changing play. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a will of, of wanting to whoop that other man. And at the end of the day, you know, all that really matters at the end of the day, that guy knows that he was in a fist fight the entire game. Right. I mean, you can't. That's what I thought. But this guy across from me is going to take the venison off my table. You know, I mean, that's. <laughs> That would be something. All right, let's get in your cookbook here, the quarterback killer, uh, the quarterback killer's cookbook, basically about the 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 game that you hunt and how to prepare it. Is that is that essentially what this book's all about, Jared? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I got some uh, some cool hunting stories in there from when I was a kid. A little insight into uh, okay. you know why I like hunting and how I got into it, and the correlation between hunting and football a little bit, and um, and just some good recipes. You know. Uh, Good buddy, or a buddy of mine out in Arizona, mm-hmm. Aaron May. You know, we have a restaurant together out there, and he's a phenomenal chef. And so we took some of his his recipes and my favorite recipes and put them in there, and then you know, kind of gave some background story to a recipe, just so you're not sitting there like, oh, okay, what's this? But you know, if there's an elk recipe, I got usually got a cool elk story or you know different things, and just you know, so just a little insight. You know, it's a good read, and and the food's phenomenal. I mean, the recipes are good, and um, and I think they're. They're practical, and they're kind of some of it's a unique spin, a way to you know class it up a little bit. A lot of people you know, do the same old wild game stuff. You know, put a little salt and pepper on it, put yeah. some bacon on it, throw it on the grill. But uh, there's some cool ways that you can church it up. I've never had wild game, honestly, Jared. Really? Yeah, man. I'm a I'm a Jewish kid from New York. You know, it's a deli meat. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I grew up. I never had elk, for instance. Oh, you know what I mean? I mean, well, I mean, does it does it all taste like chicken? I mean, because that's what people say. Oh, no, no. I mean, I let's. I just got, uh, like I said, I just got uh, one of my deers back from the butcher shop, and yeah. uh, I got some deer jerky that's amazing. And then, no, I mean venison, you know, if it's prepared right yeah. and and everything like that, I mean, it, it's really lean. I mean, it tastes like pretty much like steak. And uh, you know, pheasant pheasant is is like a form of chicken. I mean, right? Pheasant is delicious. Pheasant, no, pheasant's got to taste like chicken now, right? I mean, I mean that is a oh, bird. Absolutely. I mean, okay, so yeah, for the most yeah. part, that tastes like chicken. Uh, Oh, again, a lot of a lot of times you gotta be careful with the way you prepare it. I mean, if you don't, 
if you, if you take it to a butcher and they don't get all the fat off, or you know, sometimes that meat's surrounded by a little thin membrane that you need to scrape off. So you like you your elk, you, you like your elk lean, is what you're saying. If I'm going to go Absolutely. out and get my elk, I should get it lean. See, I need some tips here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, because that, that takes away the gamey flavor, and then you know, they're preparing it, make sure it's tender, and you know, so it, there's all there's all sorts of different ways. But yeah, wild game is delicious. Um, you know, certain certain ones are a little, you know, have a distinct flavors than the other. Well, one right. of my favorite is moose. Moose. Is, What's the moose dish that oh, you have? Moose. What's the moose dish? Uh, I don't actually have a moose, moose, uh, moose, uh, moose dish in there, mm -hmm. but uh, I had moose lasagna once back in the day. Moose was, lasagna? Oh. Yeah, so, it was phenomenal. See, in between, in between the layers of pasta is moose meat, is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. The only moose yep. I, because again, the only moose I've ever eaten is chocolate, you know? <laughs> tapioca. That's you know what well, I mean. You can't go wrong with that. You would do a moose lasagna with a moose, uh, you know, tapioca pudding. Huh? Fantastic. So if I get this so, book, yeah. so again, if, if that's why I'm trying, I'm trying to sell some books for even people who don't know about the game. Oh, yeah. So if if I if I'm a complete I'm a complete novice to hunting, and and game eating, I get the. Well, I would say if you're a novice to game eating, yes, get the book and make. Mm -hmm. The uh, buffalo meatloaf. Okay. Buffalo is a very lean meat. I mean, it, there's no game. It tastes, you know, it tastes very similar to ground beef. And uh, and make the meatloaf, which is good. Or, you know, you know, if you can find a place that sells pheasant, because if you're not hunting it, you know, obviously you're going to have to go buy it at the store. Right. Make the pheasant nuggets, because, I mean, really, you can't go wrong if you fry something. Mm. With mashed potatoes and gravy. I mean, really, there's not a whole lot that can go wrong there. Okay, so, so that's going to be delicious. Okay, buffalo meatloaf. You call it buffalo. I call it Tatanka, Jared. Tatanka. You know, shoot money Tatanka. Watch. Yeah, I'm a very big fan of uh, Dancing with Wolves. Yes, there you go. See, I knew you'd get that. There's very few players that I I could go dances with wolves on. I knew you would get that, Jared. I oh, knew. Are you it. kidding me? Kevin Costner is amazing. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie of all time yeah. would probably have to be Braveheart is probably That's good. One of my favorite movies. But you know, honestly I'll have to go back to Shawshank Redemption. I think that's probably my all time favorite movie. Have you ever cried at a movie? Has a movie ever made you cry? Oh yeah. Yeah, I can I, I can say it. Which it's, one? It's happened. Uh, I'll I'll give you well, mine. Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun Top makes Gun. you cry <laughs> when Goose I dies? Is that what ha is that yeah. what Are you kidding me? Top Gun makes God. you cry. I have the snivels at Armageddon. That's Bruce Willis. That's John McClane. Are you kidding me? I know, but I I, I, I thought you'd go like The Notebook or, or you know what I mean? I no, mean, no, like those movies. No, those movies don't make me cry. So Armageddon and Top Gun make you well up is what you're saying. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, John Q. Did you see John Q? No. Me and my buddies watch. Okay, Denzel Washington. You have to watch the okay. movie. But uh, we're sitting there, and we were in college, and we watched Training Day, and then John Q. Like, ah, that's opposite, good stuff. That's know, good stuff. It, there's a point in there where he pulls, like, he literally pulls the trigger, and, and it's it just, I was like, my buddies are, I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, allergies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, try and play it off on that. Um, E.T. makes I me know. cry. E.T., come on. E.T.? E.T. scares me. What do you mean E.T.? <laughs> Dude, you've written a you've written a book about about killing, <laughs> shooting, and killing and cooking game, and you're telling me that ET scares you? Uh, no, no, no. ET is a cool movie. Okay. I tell you what, movie did scare me as a child though. What? Never Ending Story. 
That flying dog was just freaking creepy. What scared me as I was a kid, one of the Herbie movies scared me because one of the, I'm telling you, one of the evil guys in the Herbie Rides Again movie and the Herbie movie really got me. But E.T. makes me gets me. Um, you know, really? you know what gets me? The Rookie. Did you ever see The Rookie with Dennis Quaid oh. as, the, as the as the as the teacher who becomes a major league pitcher? It's a true story about a guy. Uh, I think it's Jim Morris who pitched for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, that makes no, me cry. I I, and I saw that on a plane, I, and here I am crying on a plane. I mean, that's sad. I mean, what's sadder than that? But and, you, know, you know, another one that, that sends the chills down your spine is for the love of the game. That was good. Another Kevin Again, Costner movie. Kevin Costner, yeah. Yeah, another Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner junkie. Oh, that's good. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. You know, I mean, Braveheart when he's yelling <sighs> freedom at the end. It's that's just like, good, oh. man. Braveheart's one of those movies yeah. that that no matter where I pick it up, I got to watch it to the end. I have to. Oh yeah, you have to. Have to. You know, I mean, and and it it I just it's that isn't that's intense. That is. And no matter how many times I watch it, I hate Robert the Bruce every single time. Every time. Well, he he he. Like, oh, well, he screws crazy. him over. He screws him over. But his dad. Got, but his dad. His dad was the 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 guy who really you know set Robert the Bruce up, right? Didn't his dad yeah, do that? Absolutely. Yeah, that was dad. Yeah, sold him out for double properties and stuff. He makes up for it at the end, but still. Oh, right. William Wallace, what, a, what an icon. Uh, yeah, he is, no doubt about it. I, I love that movie, too. See, we've got something in common there, too, Jared. You know, I knew you'd get Dances with Wolves. I had no I had no idea. Maybe you could... You know, that's one thing about athletes and players is there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of movie watching. You guys could be film critics just as well as, as, as pass rushers in, in the NFL. Absolutely, and then, you know... Luckily, on all the planes, you get all the up to you know the latest movies and everything like that, so you get to see most of them. Okay, fantastic. So, where can I find this book? Amazon, bookstores everywhere. Is that where I can get it? Uh, actually, go to go to uh, quarterbackkiller69.com, mm-hmm. and you can get it right there. And uh, we got a few more. We'll probably about another three weeks of it just being exclusively uh, on quarterbackkiller69.com, and then it'll be in Amazon and all the other bookstores after the first 69 days it's been on the market. You can go to my website, Jared Allen 69 Inc. And that'll link you right up there too. You can get the books out of that. Um, you can get it on uh, and at the Viking stores, at the stadiums. Nice. Also, oh, the Will family's behind this too. See that? Oh yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. but they they they're like me. They they don't they don't. I mean, this is trafe to them. This is you know what I mean. This is to them is trafe. It's a trafe book. It's a book of trafe. The Wilfs and me. I think yeah. we're lockstep on that. But. You know, you're well, opening doors. It. You're opening doors. I told Ziggy, I said, you know, the next one will make sure we put some kosher meals in there for him. And <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was cracking up. He thought he was laughing. He, he said he's going to try it, though. He said he hasn't got it in a while again, but he's going to try yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think so. He may be saying that, Jared. <laughs> he's, just, he's just pulling yeah, my chain. Yeah, I'm just telling you. He, 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 I'm just telling you. Oh, my God. What's that? Is that a deer? Was that a live deer that just walked through yep. your door? I was actually, I'm in a, uh, I'm in a tree stand and I was a live here making a lot of <laughs> And we could follow you on Twitter at Jared Allen 69, right? And uh, do you still, have, do you still have the mullet app? Do you still got that working too? The, yep. Yep. Still got the, the, the app that, uh, you know, it's the mullet generator. You can put a mullet on anybody. So there's a bunch of things out there in the works. All right, Jared. You're, and and uh, you're 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 a corporation now. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I appreciate the time that you have on the program here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got it, and good luck uh, as you uh, move on down the road. That is Jared Allen, author, uh, and uh, I guess pot spiller, as you just heard. <laughs> the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's. The hot topic segment is next: the worm, the famed worm, who's gaining more and more fame each passing week by appearing on the podcast. 
Uh, he will join us with uh, producer Bardia Shiraz, who does a mean Charlie Castle impersonation for the small, thin slice of you out there in the fan base who will appreciate that. You won't want to miss that. And Ice Cube after that on the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. NFL Fantasy Live, your home for fantasy football. With a 90-minute live show every Sunday leading up to kickoff. With our interactive controls, you choose which segment to watch. That's been his three-year average. Who is going to cover them? Get back to what made you good. Or go live as our fantasy experts help you set your lineup for the day. All those are interesting options. Get the last-minute edge over your competition. NFL Fantasy Live, Sundays at 1130, exclusively on NFL.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's Ice Cube. Waiting in the wings to no doubt crow about his Oakland Raiders. Mr. Cube. And that would be the worm. Jason Worms, our senior producer, returning to the podcast. Is it Mr. Cube? No, it's just Cube. No, I, I, I think it's Ice Cube on first reference, and then it's Cube for the rest nice. of the references. Bardia Shirea, senior producer here. Uh, we last spoke with you on the, the week one. You week helped one. You helped launch this baby. And that was way back when, when we weren't sponsored. I'm glad I'm, uh, I'm, glad I'm back. Good to see you again, Thanks for Bardia not forgetting Shires. me. And uh, getting ready to speak to Cube. Yes. And having just spoken to Jared Allen about his wild game cookbook, you know, shooting wild boar and making something. ragu out of it. Wild game is good for you. I mean, uh, this is as Jewish as I've felt on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And that's including Larry David having been on yeah. the show. Oh, I, I think ago. we should, yeah, the, the Yiddish word of the week should happen. Well, I, I don't know if we're there yet, but okay. I was a guest on Adam Carolla's podcast this week. Name dropper. Well, I told... I, Yes, that was named topic. <laughs> but actually, I'm saying this for a reason, is that uh, he and I spoke about Jared Allen's cookbook, and, and he came up with the word that our parents would use for that cookbook, which is feh. Feh? Feh. Party doesn't get what that. What the heck's going on in here? Feh, feh <laughs> means that they would never, you know, I mean, does, the, does the stuff in this cookbook. We'll be back. Feh. So, Happy Columbus Day, everybody. One of the many reasons why we have you on this segment right now, Bardia, is uh, not just because we haven't spoken to you in, in four weeks, and, and you're a funny guy, and we, we, we all have a good time it's on Sundays. Uh, you're a 49er fan, yeah. and that's one of the hot topics in the league right now, is this team that everybody thought uh, would win the NFC West. This was their time. Kurt Warner's dancing with the stars. Pete Carroll turned over half his roster. The Rams are coming off of one of the worst seasons ever. This was the year for the Niners, and they have still not won a football game. They've blown it, plain and simple. And uh, it starts with the quarterback, and the head coach has to be held accountable as well. Alex Smith leads the league in interceptions, and you cannot win games that way. Well, but they have been, you're right, they have been shooting themselves in the foot, though. In Atlanta, they had that game wrapped up. Nate Clements picks it off and then runs it back for some reason, trying to run it in the end zone. All you got to do is just get down on the right. ground. And, uh, and Roddy White makes a play. Right. No, they were competitive on a Monday night against the Saints. They and were in that game last Sunday night. But good teams find ways to win those but games. last Sunday night, Frank Gore put the ball on the turf twice. Yep. Their Pro Bowl running back who never fumbles. He fumbled it twice. And then Alex Smith, that one play. I mean, Chris Collinsworth and the NBC crew had it right buttoned up as soon as it happened. They had the angle from, from that jib camera that, that hovers around. Cable cam. The cable right. cam, mm -hmm. right. The cable cam. And, and you, sh you saw what Alex Smith had in front of him, which yep. was the hot read. Vernon Davis is there. Take it. He didn't. He, he rolls to his left against the grain, backpedaling, loses the football, and that game was over. 
it's terribly disappointing because, like you said, the division was lined up for him, and for whatever reason, they haven't gotten it done. And I, I ask you, mm-hmm. how much of it is Mike Singletary's fault? I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, and, and, and you know, that's a great question. But it, it's, it's got to be the fault of him and, uh, and the rest of the decision makers there that decided when Donovan McNabb was right. available, let's just keep going with, let's get David Carr in here. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you don't even have a veteran presence to go ahead and tell Alex Smith, these are the bumps and bruises, and this is how you can get through them. Instead, you got a guy who's yeah, just bumped he, and bruised and battered, and no, his career is in the same spot as Alex Smith. Honestly, do you think Donovan McNabb would have signed a contract? Absolutely. To say, Hold on. To say, hey, uh, you're going to be able to, uh, Mike, Mike Singletary goes, you'll come here to compete for the job. He no, 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 no. That. no way. Worm, that's he not what I'm saying, that. though. I'm saying you go and you get him, and he's your starter. Oh, Alex Smith no. is your backup. No, and I'm, Alex, I'm this is Donovan McNabb, who just I'm basically in. coached up Michael Vick okay. about how right. to be a professional. And if he, he, he may stay here. And, Alex, I'm sorry, you're the backup quarterback for as right. long as McNabb's going to stay here. But when McNabb is done, and it could be one and done, you're going to be our guy again. That's that's what. But they either didn't want to pay him, they didn't want to cough up the right. draft picks, or they really thought that no, Alex Smith was the guy. But we have found out through the first five weeks that if he is the guy, he's not the guy now. I mean, he's not ready now. The rest of the team was sort of ready now, and now here we are, five weeks in, and it's an absolute mess. And then on Sunday Night Football, with everybody, you know, the 22 cameras that right. Fred Gadelli and his crew mm-hmm. has trained on everything in the stadium, you saw David Carr on the phone talking to the uh, offensive coordinator and then getting with his helmet ready to go run on. And, and, and then Alex Smith is still I mean, when the crowd field. at Candlestick Park is chanting, we want Carr, it, That's it, bad. it's bad. It's Andrew Luck time for the Niners. They have to hope that Andrew Luck... I mean, that's where you're at as an He's Iron going man. to Buffalo. You're hoping for the draft. You're hoping that Andrew Luck comes out. Or from Carolina. Stanford. Are we allowed to talk about him, by the way? Uh, I don't know if we are, actually. The competition committee is on the phone right now. Well, you know where I'm getting. I do know what you're getting. A top, young, college quarterback, which may come to the NFL in 2011 if there's football. It's just been a mess. And I love Singletary. I love his intensity. I love his fire. But at some point. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. And I think it's a good discussion we'll have when the Niners play on our air. But Against San Diego, right? right. And then I think that'll it's a, Week Twelve. That'll or be a barn burner. Yeah. Well, you uh, never know. I mean, right. that, that's the Niners be, might be in it. Well, yeah. the Niners. The, everyone keeps saying, well, they're in that horrible division. It's Arizona just won with Max Hall. By the way, the first undrafted rookie to start a game in the first five weeks of the season since Jim Zorn started the season opener for the 76 Seattle Seahawks. They won, beating the defending world champs with some defensive plays, of all things, and that's a week after Phillip Rivers carved them up. They're 3-2. and two. Right. So that is, I can, you do the math, that's three and a half games in front. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a, hello? I mean, yeah. you've, got a, you've got a lot of ground that you need to make up right there. And seven or eight wins is going to win that division. So, and host a playoff game, by the way. Two and a half games, my bad. But you've got to, well, Jed York said this week, and that's another thing, playoffs. too. I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's another situation where you may be learning on the job, in all honesty, to text the media and say, we're that still going to win right. the division. I mean, is that a subtle? Is that a subtle what's message? What's that for? What's that more for? Well, a message I mean, I, to who? I mean, a message to who? We understand you're prideful and that you think your team is good, but I mean, the bottom line is you're 0 5 right now. And, and uh, you know, you've got ice, you've got, sorry, Cubes, Raiders. <laughs> Coming in, mm-hmm. so that's a win. You got to get hard. Win. Gotta you got to get the win. Got to win it. Playing hard, gotta man. Luckily, man. luckily yeah. for for the fans in San Francisco, they're fired up about the Giants right now. But it's been a mess for the Niners, mm-hmm. and I don't think Singletary. It kills me to say this because I loved him as a player, right. but I don't think great players make great coaches. 
I just think it's... Well, if you think I, about it, you, they, they you've got, I mean, Ditka, you've got Ditka and you've got Raymond Berry as the only really Hall of Fame players who went ahead and, and did something. And I'm not talking about the NFL. And Berry was only really one and was a one-hit wonder. And how much credit does Buddy Ryan get for what Ditka did in Chicago? Uh, we could go on and on right. about that. I don't want to turn yeah. the podcast upside down. No, no, it's okay. That's, that, you, this is <laughs> no. what this segment's all about. Is it, it goes where we go. Speaking of the Giants, your G-men, one of the most impressive wins of this past week. Unexpected. Easily. Unexpected. Down. I didn't think they were going to win. Honestly. You didn't. No. I know, because you didn't pick them in, no. our, in, our, in our pool, in our no. straight-up pool. And you were still screaming did. at the screen. Well, they were screaming. Dion was so upset with you because he, <laughs> because you had it both ways. You picked the Texans, and then you were so upset about your Giants. He thought that, you you know, it was... Even if you, it's that line from uh, Raging Bull. Even if you lose, you win. Even if, if you even win, you win. Way. And if, yeah, you, even if you lose, no, wasn't. Yeah, you, you still no, win. No, well, you've done that. You did it with the Jets this year. Well, let me tell you something. You are, are a lunatic screaming at the screen. I mean, I absolute yeah, but you raving know what? Was I right? syndrome Once again, lunatic. I was correct. About what? With About the clock management. management. My God, you're leading by 18 to the third. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you've already, it's only five minutes off the clock. It's, you need to take the ball and control the clock. If you don't get a first down, if you want to play a little bit more conservatively, conservatively, fine. But the key is to make sure that two minutes go off the clock if you don't uh, get no. anything. And we see that over oh. the Monday night game. Monday night game. I think it was Mike Muriano who was on this podcast two weeks ago. Sent out an email to you, Worm, you, Bardia, right. uh, Chris Wirtz, mm -hmm. Andy Gregg, and me, yes. calling you, you are, because you are the master of the clock. Yes, king, of the clock. King, king of the clock. King of the clock. Not the man. King. Well, you're the master of the clock domain. Yes. King of the clock. <laughs> yes. Asking, what does the king of the clock have to say about second and 11? Awful. Two and change to go. Awful. Other teams out of timeouts. Jets, go ahead, and, 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 and you could put part of it on Sanchez because he snapped the ball That's way the biggest too issue. Soon. That's the biggest now, issue. Now, Brian Schottenheimer could have gone out there and said, we're going to throw this, but you best get right. the clock all the way down. He snapped it way too way soon. Way too soon. And way suddenly, soon. instead of Favre having a minute left, right. he's got two minutes left practically to lead them down with no timeouts just for a field goal. Now, I agree mm. with what the Jets were trying to do Being on aggressive. third Durant, on Third, third down. down. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. But well, at that point, you know why? You know no, why? At that point, Hold it didn't on. matter. You know at why? that point, it didn't matter. You're going to have you got the two minute warning. You're going to stop whatever you right. do. But, at but, that point. but Rex, I'm talking about the third down play. Which if they run it, they get the ball with 115. Right. Okay. I'm saying no. If they, no, no, hold on. If they run the football, if, they, if the Jets run the football with two minutes and two seconds to no, go, that's stop no, 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 the two minute warning. The two minute warning stops it. Right. And then you, it's for the, the second down play. If they had just run right. it, the and second and eleven warning, right. you come back on third down, you right. run it again, and you just tick it all the way down. Right. And Favre would add about a buck right. five, maybe. I no, can't no, do the no, math I, completely in no, my I, head. I, if they, if they ran it down, borderline insane. If they ran it down, correctly on second down. And there's two minutes to go, and they have 12 yards or whatever to get on third down. You, you run. Most it? people say. Most people say. Convention says, run the football. Absolutely. Give. But what do give, you do? I I am with Rex. Throw the ball. No. I am with him. I'm not with the way the defense was no, performing. No. Revis, Revis was clearly hurt, and he is clearly hurt. No, there's no doubt. Revis no doubt. is clearly hurt. I, right now. I, here's the reason why I I would have thrown the ball. He, this is how Rex thinks. Yeah. He is so I know cocky. how Rex thinks, this but you're the so king of the right. clock. This what are you talking this about? I'm how Rex is I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this is a coup. I'm telling you I'm, how. I'm performing a coup. I'm the no, king of the clock right, right now. This is no There's only, there's it only coups no in South American third world countries. No coups here. Okay. okay. Yeah. Banana Republics, no coups here. But so you're so the king of the clock is saying to me third and twelve with two minutes to go the other team's out of timeouts you're going to throw the football to end the game I'm telling you third he and long is thinking like 
like Belichick did last year. My defense That worked out him. great. But his defense was <laughs> not performing out. well at all. His defense looked gassed. Yeah. Favre was, had, had all the momentum. What's the Randy difference Moss, between 115 and two minutes to get 45, 45 yards? Seconds. I disagree well, with that. As it, turned, as, it turned out, as it turned out, Favre uh, threw the You know what, though? That, that wasn't anything. What happened with Wisenhunt in New Orleans, the New Orleans game was a joke. What he did was an absolute joke. Rookie quarterback, third and eight. Saints no timeouts, the plus 38, third and eight. You have a rookie quarterback rolling out to his left, throwing to some tight end. They got lucky. The referees completely screwed that thing up. Because the ball was fumbled. It was fumbled right. forward. forward. It should have been marked backwards. Back. Plus, right. Fitz was out of bounds when he got the ball, controlled mm -hmm. it, slid out of bounds. Should have been out of, they, they should have been, this it, clock should have stopped. Stopped. They start, Corinthi started the clock yeah, up. I know. Just think about that, though. You have a chance to give the Saints the ball with maybe 15 seconds left if you kneel on it. And unbelievably breeze through through. Warm yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. I could fry an egg on his that face. That is McCarthy. Oh, McCarthy. So I don't know if it's on McCarthy or it's on Rodgers. In in regulation, when he hit the slant to get the ball to 33 right. or 34. I the game was over there. Okay. The clock's Why don't they ticking. run another he play? Right. He wants to. Why not run another play? I don't now know. you have you, if you're McCarthy, you no, have two Rogers, choices. Rogers could have been a little loopy at that okay. point. We don't but know when he suffered the concussion. McCarthy, I think it's on that hit. By the way, that should have been called on the pick to Leron Landry. I mean, that was no, no. no that I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm just moving forward. No, no. That's another call that 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 I think the referees missed. They missed that one. They totally missed that I mean, one. That How many times did you see that? Helmet. My goodness gracious! Yeah. And I think that's where Rogers got concussed. I know. Let's move to one more, another topic here because it's another reason why I got Barty on here. Our friend Charlie Casserly's in the news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our friend Charlie Casserly, yes. who works with us in the talent evaluation portion Fantastic. of the season. Right. Oh. Love him. Love him. Okay, we love Charlie. We love Charlie. What do you he, have here? Yeah, so, <laughs> you want to tell the report? Do you want to, as Charlie no, you can. Okay. I don't want to. All right, the report, Charlie Casserly says that the, the Moss situation was also uh, fueled, uh, the Moss trade was fueled by the fact that he and Brady got into an argument where Brady told Moss to shave his beard, and Moss told him to cut his hair. <laughs> I mean, is this like kindergarten stuff? You took I mean, my taco truck? Were they finger-painting? <laughs> I mean, not the question. Uh, it, it sounds to me that if, this, like is, if this is true, it was sort of half-joking. It, it's got to be. I mean, grown men well, they can't both talk that it. way to they each both other. Denied well, it. well, Moss didn't deny it after the game. He just sort of shined it off and said that he was glad he got a text from Brady today. Right. That's but what he said. Seem... Brady said on Tuesday, he said that certainly not, that didn't happen. And Belichick, who completely denied Charlie's report last year that Brady had broken ribs, which, by the way, turned out to be true, right. saying who's more wrong than Charlie right. Cashley is what he said last year. Uh, this was he said it was news to him. So now what you have here. <laughs> so, Charlie, what what do we have here? This is this is Charlie Cash. This is Charlie, yeah. Okay, now what you have here, Rich, is we're talking about Brady Moss here, right? You're talking about these two men now, right? Yes, now, now, Tom Brady, the, the kids say he's got a Justin Bieber beard, a Justin Bieber haircut here. Yeah. Now, Randy Moss apparently doesn't like that. So they got a little bit of a uh, heated discussion here, right? So he told him, you got to cut your hair, and uh, Brady shot back, you got to cut your beard. And that's what did it. And Brady said, I got to get these guys out of here. Okay, now we're, we're talking about a trade here, right? So my question for you is: is uh, what what happened? Uh, who, who whoever told Charlie? What, how do you think Charlie took the news from whoever whoever told Charlie Casserly? What happened? Okay, now what you got here? Okay, I'm sitting on the scoop here now, right? Now, now, <laughs> now, can I go on CBS and say this? Now Eric Mann's going to have me now if I get this wrong. Eric Mann's the producer here now, right? I can't go up here just throwing stuff into the wind. Okay, this is a big story here with the Patriots. Okay, now we're talking about the Patriots here now, right? And Belichick. I mean, Belichick. And Belichick, has, right. Belichick's told you who's more wrong than you. Well, right. Belichick's right. But, but, but I, I wouldn't have gone forward on fourth. We're talking about Belichick here, right? 
This is a man who uh, somebody came, lied to CBS. This is this is the man who came out right? here. That's what, that's what somebody told Peter King. Somebody lied to CBS. You don't lie to the Tiffany Network. We're talking about know. Belichick. This is a man who came out here. Now Belichick, when Brady suffered his knee injury, he came out and said Tom Brady has a knee. Okay, that's who we're dealing with here. Okay. <laughs> I by the way, am I ever going to be able to talk to Cashley again? I love, love Cashley to do that. The best Charlie, he has a knee. The best Charlie Cashley I moment so. in the history of our network. Okay, he's been with us for a few years yeah. now. You remember this at the draft? Oh, where he just kept where talking we, where, and talking. We, we, yes. we were, I believe we were in the third day of the draft. It was third day. Third day. And, and he never got in. He didn't get a word in edgewise <laughs> because Mayock had all the information. And uh, I believe Schefter was right. with us back then. Schefter yeah. had all the information. And Charlie, who was sitting on a ton of information, yes. we never got to him yeah. because the picks kept rolling. Right. It goes very, you know, even though the, the, there's several minutes in between picks, it goes very fast. It yeah. really does. It's only five minutes. It does certainly when you have all these people on the set who have right. who have things to say. And you commercials to get set. in. Right. Commercials to get in. Yeah. And, now I'm and, sitting on a bump on a log there now, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep on going. He just so, kept going. So we we did finally go to him at the end of the first block mm -hmm. on the last day. And he kept going. <laughs> he ran for everything. He could. And he was getting stop signs right. in his ear. Like, all right, throw it back. Rap, rap it. Rap, rap. I'm going to keep on going here, okay? <laughs> now, now, as for the right, now Redskins' fourth round pick, I'm going to keep going because I know you guys ain't coming back to me, all right? Now. <laughs> Literally said that on That was fantastic. I'm going to keep talking because uh, you're never going to come back to me. Uh, okay, that's now? so great. Fantastic. Charlie Cashley is uh, one of the all-timers. He is. He's he great. Is. In, in our production meetings of the Combine, we just yeah. everybody kind of just defers to him. Yeah. Charlie, what do you know about so-and-so? Right. Okay, now we're talking about the third-string quarterback here at Ohio, right? Okay, he majored in history now. He, ma he missed two classes because uh, he's he didn't a broken famous back in high school. Yeah. I mean, he's a He likes Tonka trucks. He likes talking Tonka trucks. Yeah, he's, oh, he's like man. the rain man oh, of the yeah. Combine. He is. You, you throw the, the matchsticks on the floor oh. and tell you how many there are. He's he fantastic. Is, he's awesome. I, know. I don't know if he'll Stays ever speak news. to me ever again. No. No. Come on. <laughs> of course not. And he teaches a class. I don't know what iTunes is he, anyway. Yeah, you know what? Right? He teaches a class he at Georgetown. He teaches a class at George, or I believe no, George, George, Mason, George, George Mason. What does he teach? Uh, Professor Casserly? Yes. Professor Ca yes. Okay, now everybody here. We've got to get your exams in, right? i got to go to CBS. I'm sitting on a big story here with Randy Moss and Tom Brady. All right, about now? the hair. And by the way, if there's a trio that's ever been put together that cannot talk about hair, it's us. I like my hair. You have none. You don't have any hair. about it. Your daddy wore about yeah, balls. So what are you talking it's, about? I like my it's hair. It's clean. It moves along. It's nice. It moves it moves along. Yeah, it gets oh, the day going boy. fast. It does. Fast. All right, real Dallas quick. Viking. Real quick, real quick. Yes. Cubes waiting in the wings. This right. week, an incredible slate of games, right? Ooh, man, amazing. What, 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 what interests you? What Ravens, interests Ravens you Pats, week? great game. Ravens, Pats, great, great game. game. Great game. Because this is the first time we're going to see the Dallas Moss. Dallas seven, one last seven off the bye. And the Ravens knocked the Patriots out of the playoffs. An easy last one. Year. Dallas, Minnesota. I know it's a late game. One, I mean, that is We talked about that with Jared Allen earlier. One and three against one and three. Unbelievable. Both teams with brutal one and schedules, four. too. One and four. One, one and four. These are divi these guys played each other in the right. division playoffs last year. Think about that. They have the same record as Detroit. How about Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Philadelphia? Great one. That's a good Interesting one. Interesting one. What's Philly? good. What are they going to do with Philly with quarterback? Uh, Vic's there. You start. Okay, now I just got a tip from Andy Reid. Now. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about Vic's the quarterback. He's my now, favorite. Right? You know what? Andy Reid's my favorite. Now, right? uh, he goes, all right. Uh, Westbrook's got a knee, and he's got a concussion. I don't. They have a knee. Who's Vic's a, got a head. Yeah. Vic's got a head. <laughs> Well, Belichick's right. the all-timer. And he goes, Tom Brady's then, then, out then, with then, the, no, the best one is he does all that stuff, uh, and he goes, the time is yours. By the way, I have never seen time or heard yours. him so fired up. Right. To any rate, 11 years, never been as fired up mm. as when, what was it, two weeks ago? He goes, guys, I have two quarterbacks. I have two quarterbacks. When have I ever had two NFL coaches with two quarterbacks? 
I've, that guy has never been fired up for anything. New it Orleans is, and is, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, by the way, the only team coming off a of bye week that actually won last week. With the bye week teams almost went over four They got a week. great chance of winning that game. Uh, you got Miami at Green Bay. Miami coming off a of bye. Aaron Rodgers may not be yep. playing. Seattle coming off a of bye. Jay Cutler is playing. Yes. Uh, and and uh, those are all great games. Great, great, and then, great, you know, great. then you've got... Uh, Chiefs, Texas. Indy, Washington on Sunday night. And then Tennessee, Jacksonville Monday night. as everybody in the AFC South. Now we're talking it's about the week just, six schedule here. That's now, right? Week six. We're, Real quick, because again, Ice Cube is waiting in yes, the wings. Yes, yes. The stats? The, no, no, not the stats. I, I love his old stuff. We'll, we'll skip the stats. Okay, no stats. Okay, we got uh, uh, the... Replay. Uh, oh, no, hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Wow. Mike Ditka, set it up. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. What are the replay <laughs> games this week? What do you got? I want everyone to know that I don't have the audio. Anyway. Okay, go for it. Tuesday, Packers, Redskins at 8. Mm -hmm. Titans, Cowboys at 9.15. Uh, the early game on Wednesday is the Vikings and the Jets. The late game is the Charger versus... Commitment to Drek. Now, that was okay. a replay schedule there, Commitment right? Commitment to Drek. I'm glad you say that before Ice Cube walks in here. Thanks for having I appreciate you coming on. Thank Good you. Job. Good job. Thank Worm, you. Jason Wormser, the Worm, thank you. Barty Ashurez. Thanks for having me back. And Charlie Casserly. Yeah. We have pizza. Thank you. We are having pizza. You were going to eat it's coming. I, uh, I got to go call Charlie and apologize. Uh, Cube is next on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John. What? What? Get on the field with all the sights and sounds from inside the game. It's a hell of a job, Two nights. Oh, yeah, two shows you can't miss. Get your field pass with NFL replay and sound effects. My goodness, what a play. Tuesday and Wednesday starting at 8, only on NFL Network. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. We could not be more excited to have here in studio, in the flesh, the uh, godfather of the Friday trilogy, <laughs> as well as one of the most popular rap artists of our generation, Ice Cube here. Yeah, yeah. Good What's to up? see you. How you feeling, Rich? Cube, I'm fantastic. Good, Certainly good. for seeing you here. And you are, as expected, rocking the colors of the Raiders here today. Oh, you know, the silver and black will uh, always fly. In See, my that's house. what I love about you is that you you are you you never waver. You never waver. Nah. And there's a lot of wavering that could be had. You know? Yeah, you know, I mean I uh I chose not to be a fair weather fan, yes. so to speak, because when we win the Super Bowl, <laughs> yes. do you know how good I'ma feel? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I take I take some of these bumps and bruises and Wait for the next time we hold up that trophy. Well, hopefully it'll be before your 10-year-old son, Sharif, who's also here in the studio, uh, gets Social Security. Hopefully <laughs> that's what a lot of people think is going to be the case. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, we're we going to win it soon. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how soon, but, you know, wishful thinking I like says it. soon. You said when, not if. Yeah. You said when. We win. So, and, and you're here after a big win too against it it's yeah. been seven years since you've beaten the san diego chargers that's that's incredibly uh sad <laughs> that it's taken that long to beat it is to beat those chargers but uh you know this this week from the opening drive you mm -hmm. know three and out and then block punt that's unbelievable you know san diego special teams is terrible you know Man, they've given up 30 points on special teams in five games that's a touchdown a game I, you know what I said? I said if, uh, and this is probably bad to say, it, 
I said if the Chargers lose, that guy's going to get fired. If they win, he might keep his job and get yelled at. Mm-hmm. Yo, the, 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 the special teams coach. Special teams coach. Yeah, I mean, well, he's apparently a very good coach, but, you know, the Dolphins already can their guy after that Monday night game against yeah. the New England Patriots. But your, your guy, who do you want to have starting quarterback? If you had your choice, who would be starting quarterback uh, for the Raiders right now? I would start Brad if he can play. Because he's been with the team mm-hmm. long enough, you know, and he he, he kind of knows the beat of that mm-hmm. organization, the beat of that offense. And, you know, I think Jason Campbell is still just trying to figure it out. You know, he's just trying to figure everything out. It's a new system, a mm-hmm. new this, a new that. And, you know, I, I just think Brad has more command at offense. Brad Kasky looks like um, Garcia, Jeff yeah, Garcia. Yeah, he does. He's he got does. like that spunk. He's got that fire. He's this little guy that it's tough to take down. But he's also, you know, he, had, he got hurt again this past week. I know that that's that's a problem. You know, keeping him in mm-hmm. the game, keeping him healthy. But he is like Garcia. He even got the same number. Uh, he does. That's right. You know, hopefully he'll take us to the playoffs. Well, I also think all white guys look alike anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know they do have <laughs> they do favor each other a little bit. You know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so and and uh, defensively, defensively. Does, yeah. Does this team have what it takes in your in your mind? Because everyone's been talking about how Seymour's there and they've got some playmakers. They drafted this kid out of Alabama, mm-hmm. Orlando McLean, but they they haven't really put it together the first five games of this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, our middle linebacker is a rookie, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, I, I feel like he's going to have some plays where you know he don't know which way to go. Right. And and you can see that, you know, in our secondary, uh, the Raiders secondary. You know, they, they're hit and miss. You know, sometimes they, they, they come up. You know, I like how Huff come up sometimes. Right. But sometimes he takes the wrong angle, and and there we go with a 70-yard run. So. And Nambi doesn't travel. He doesn't travel. He, he just he stays on one side of the field about 90% of the time. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, it seems like with that, that, uh, you know, they should be able to shore up the other half of yeah. the field. <laughs> you know, it's only <laughs> half of the field they need to worry about, right. but. You know, I've seen a couple of plays where the guys were spent around a little bit. So hopefully that uh, with more and more play, they'll, they'll shore that up. Explain to me how you watch games. Where do you watch them? In your house? I watch them at my house, you know, between my bedroom, between uh, my kitchen, my den. You know, we flowing all through the house watching the game. Now, I noticed you tweet during the games, too. I noticed a little bit. At Ice Cube, I saw during the game you had about 10 tweets. I have to stay, certainly when my, my alma mater is Michigan. Yeah. I have to stay off of Twitter when, when Michigan plays because it's too easy. You know, I, it's too yeah. easy to get there, and I'll sound like an old man on the porch screaming at the kids, Yeah, you know, to get off the lawn. I, I don't want to be that guy, but it's easy to be that guy. It's Twitter's easy in. to be that guy. You know, I was real close to just getting so mad and saying, <laughs> all right, well, that was... That was a good three quarters of football. Let me go find something else to do before my Sunday is <laughs> is just messed up. Right. You know, so I, I was just close to to tweeting like Raiders, come on! But I held off. You have to because it, sit, it sits right there. And then when you come back later, and more often than not, whenever I do tweet about Michigan, like the defense is terrible, they'll make a stop. They'll pick exactly. the ball off, I and mean, I look like an idiot. The, you always feel like the world needs to know how mad you are. <laughs> And Twitter At is that, and Twitter's the biggest <laughs> megaphone that's right standing yeah. in front of you. The world needs to know, damn it, I'm mad. I know. 
That's why I got to um, stay off of that. Yeah. So can you watch the game with others, or do you, or or are you screaming at the screen? Can you be sociable watching the Raiders? Uh, you know, I, I watch it with you know with my son Sharif. We'll okay. watch it. He he gives me jabs because he, he like Baltimore. You know, he likes yeah. Ray Lewis. He's a big Raven fan. He got a Raven jersey on He's right now. He's working at Jamal Lewis right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, he always you know uh kind of like he don't remember when the Raiders were great. You know what I mean? I know. He just seemed like pops. You know, you you're going for this team and they and they suck. Hey, they they were they were in the Super Bowl less than ten years ago. Exactly. You That's know? what I tell him. You know, I said uh, everybody gives gives uh you know beef to Al Davis and gives him hell for for being the owner he is. But these this guy's got three rings. He's mm-hmm. been to five or six championships. Mm-hmm. You know, Super Bowls. So. He got to know what he's doing because there's some guys that, that go by the book, that mm. go by the corporate way, right? and they still ain't won nothing. Still you know, so anything. it's like, I, know. I mean, nobody's talking about getting rid of, uh, you know, the San Diego's front office. They they can't win a Super Bowl. And nobody's talking about getting rid of uh, Seattle's front office. They can't win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why they want to get rid of Al? Well, because a lot of people think the game's passed them by, Cube. I, mean, I know that's not something, it's something you've definitely heard. And SAP, you know, if you've spoken to SAP, Warren will talk about how game plans will be changed out of the blue, and he just, you know, he pulls this sort of stuff that can really confuse coaching staffs and people who's in charge. Now, I know you met him, right? You sat him yeah. down for oh, yeah. your 30 for 30 yeah. documentary, which, by the way, was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate just, that. I, all of them are, are great, but yours in particular really stood out, not just because of it's obviously something you're passionate about, but you got Al Davis to sit down. How did yeah. How did you get Al Davis to sit down? for for an interview like you did I, you know i got my connections i'll hook you up you know <laughs> <laughs> you need me to make a phone call yes yes we do as a matter of fact uh no you know he know <laughs> i come as a fan and i basically say ow you know everybody has something to say about you right you know i want you to be able to speak for yourself you know because i believe in al davis you know so i wanted him to to be able to speak for himself and and tell what he think is uh, the reason they left L.A., because that's, that's really what I was kind of gearing at mm-hmm. and, and why he didn't get a new stadium here. But also, you know, uh, what's up with the Raiders? And, you know, what I liked about him is he said, yo, you know, the buck stops with me. You know what I mean? I had some 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 weak draft picks, and mm-hmm. we got to turn it around. And, you know, I can, I can live with that. Uh, I'm a fan. I have confidence. So, do you think he he definitely realizes that there that there is something that that has been missing over the past few years? You definitely feel that he yeah. that that that's something that he feels that he's partly responsible for. Of course, he says he's definitely responsible for it. He mm-hmm. is the the voice and face of the Raiders, or so the manager of the general partner, or whatever he calls himself. What, I don't whatever know what his title he's is, running really the show. So right. the thing is, is the buck stops with him. That's all you can really ask an owner to do is own up to it and uh, and fix it. And I think that's what he's trying to do. You know, I mean, no matter what you say about him, and as you pointed out, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him. I remember my first owner's meeting when I started the NFL Network seven years ago. And just walking in the room, you know, when all the owners sit there at this, 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 in the, the, this table that's arranged to look like the letter E, that uh, uh, you know the the commissioner sits at the base of the E, and then there's the three I guess prongs that come out to form the rest of the letter. Al sits at the end of the the leftmost, or the, if the letter E is on the top, the topmost end of that of that <coughs> row, and everybody knows that's Al's seat. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the way it's been forever, and that's the way it's going to be as long as he's able to make these meetings. Mm-hmm. And I remember I sat there, I'm like, wow, that's Al freaking Davis. I mean, this is this guy has really done quite a bit, and unfortunately, what the Raiders have, what's happened to this team over the last eight years, folks like you know your your son Sharif have really no idea what he has done for this game. This guy's a Hall of Famer. And the AFL and the NFL and what yeah. he's done for this team. And it a, really is remarkable if you think about it. And a whole pioneer career. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, of, of coaching and, and, and uh, players, you know, giving people a shot that everybody would normally kind of say, okay, your career is over. Al mm-hmm. always steps up and says, hey, you know, he gave Jerry Rice a, mm-hmm. another shot and Countless of others from Jim Plunkett, you know, uh, Arshell as coach. But, you know, you got to realize this is a AFL guy. <laughs> so the NFL back in the day, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty it was pretty ugly in the 60s from from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And um, and, you know, I think I think I hold a little chip on his shoulder because There's no doubt i mean and and unfortunately like i said what what's happened to this franchise and how it's been losing mm-hmm. i could see even it's wearing on you i could see a little bit like it'll, it'll be all right through the <laughs> i day. mean i'll be fine you know what i mean i i can you know if if i can be there when they win and i could be there when they lose right i hear you so let's talk about the friday movies i i, I mean so many people uh talk about it to this day the, the first friday uh movie 15 years old now yeah that's crazy you think about that 15 years old you starred in it you wrote it mm-hmm. and you produced it yeah back then did you know what what were you, what you had in your hands when you're making this film in 95 uh, i knew we was having fun making it you mm-hmm. know i knew it was funny what we was getting was real funny i wasn't sure you know how big it would become mm-hmm. you know i didn't, I didn't think it was going to be this cult movie cult kind of classic right. uh i just thought like i said you know the the cool people are gonna get this movie mm-hmm. and everybody else are gonna be like this what the hell is this? You know? <laughs> it's just two guys sitting on a porch yeah yeah so right that's kind of how I, I figured it but i i just didn't realize it was that many cool people in the world because a lot of people get that movie love that movie and love how how funny and simple it is mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it, you know, anybody can be Craig. Right. Anybody can be Smokey. You know, it's right. like it reminds uh, everybody of their friends and, and, and their kind of neighborhood in a way. Right. And all the wacky stuff that go on in their neighborhood, even if they didn't come from South Central L.A. So I think people can kind of just relate to it on all levels. Mm-hmm. Everybody's dealt with the neighborhood bully. You know, yeah. now, not, we not have as to, a we kid. have to hide all of your belongings <laughs> as he's walking up to the house. I mean, you know, I mean, how many people are still getting bullied, you know, in their yeah. in their sure. older ages? You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's kind of funny, too. You know, it's not like two little kids. You know, these are grown. I mean, basically old cats. You know? Right. So it's, it's just funny. Was that is that your father? Was that the character that based on your father in the movie? Oh, uh, John Witherspoon. Not really, character? but somewhat a little bit. You know, my father was a uh, he, he didn't he didn't uh, catch dogs for a living. Right. He he come on with coveralls and he would you know. Would basically... he would he mutter about fast food in his sleep? Would he do? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> No, but he, no. he 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 would leave the bathroom tore for about thirty forty five minutes. <laughs> so. I mean that scene. I I think what what's the one scene that people mentioned to you? Is it when your the father calls you into the bathroom 
from that from that movie. I mean, I think and, people <laughs> people remember more when I when I knock out Debo. You know, <laughs> you know, you got knocked. You know, right. So people love that scene, and you know, it's just a quotable movie. It's amazing. It really is amazing what it's become and what people still talk about it. And and it's it's something that uh, you know I hear lines about that all the time. You know, being in in my business, you always choose something from pop culture and try it and throw it into. Yeah, the stuff that you do on the air and and uh, you know certainly that movie. We have a, a new album out, Dewey. I, yeah, I am the West. Yeah, tell me about this album that's that's out there right now, right? Yeah, it just came out last week. You know, doing real good. It, it's it's just that West Coast hardcore hip hop. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of what we do best. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I am the West. You know, I named it that because I've been representing the West Side forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if anybody can say that, it's only a few MCs that can that can call the album I Am the West, and I'm one of them. You know, if it, if it was a Mount Rushmore of West Coast hip hop, I think I'll be there. I, I listen. <laughs> th- I, I don't uh, profess to be an expert at this thing. <laughs> okay, but as far as I know, you know, I mean, for for you to be able to put I Am the West on an album, I mean, there's few people that can back that up. And all I know is that when Dion came in. Uh, and said that he's got a new Let's Go Primetime theme yeah. for this season and mm-hmm. said that you, Ice Cube, were doing it. I mean, he, he did not, um, he, his feet weren't on the ground. And, hey. and there's many, there's few things that get Dion that excited because he's been there and yeah. he has done that. Yes. Your theme song that, he's, that he plays every week on, on uh, NFL Game Day Final now, mm-hmm. he's, he can't be, he's over the moon about it. That's, that's my man. You know, Dion is, you know, the best cornerback of all times to ever strap it the up. The GOAT. Yes, definitely. You know, uh, shout out to, you know, the male blunts of the world sure. and, and uh, you know, uh, Mike Haynes of the world. But Dion to me, has taken it and, and it stayed at this level, you know, because of what Dion has, has, uh, has kind of uh, put the spotlight on the position. So, you know, he's been he's been my f- favorite football player you know for a while uh when did you first meet him in in 92 in 92 91 i think 91 so this and 92 is full on let's say mike del tufo play the song while we have this conversation this is ice cube uh, called let's go prime time yeah right? yeah prime time okay. you know so it for it. it's right. uh so you met him you met him in full on there we go yeah that's right yeah i met him when we was uh he was playing Football and uh, full on, baseball. Full on neon De- Dion. Neon Dion flying back and forth in the helicopter. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you, know? you know he was he gets upset about that because because people you know say that he was trying to be flamboyant and and he was trying to uh, make it all about himself and what he was doing is he was playing for free. The playoff games that he was playing for the Atlanta Braves was he's already been paid. Yeah. So he's got a job with the Atlanta Falcons and he's taking this helicopter so he can actually play in the playoffs for for nothing. Stop now, hating, man. Listen. Stop hating on Dion. Everybody that's hating on Dion for doing that is crazy. Uh, Who wouldn't? I know. Well, I mean, he he was doing and 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 <laughs> some of the uh, you know, just part of the job that best part of my job is hanging out with people like him and mm-hmm. and getting to know him and and uh, some of the best stories he tells are from the bus trips he would take when he was a minor league baseball player. Yeah. You know, he didn't just step off of Florida State and go and step in the batter's box with the pinstripes on mm-hmm. in the Bronx. I mean, he was riding the he was riding the bus, the Columbus Clipper bus, and <laughs> the guys he speaks about uh, the most that he loves the most are, are these guys that 
you know, he had a cup of coffee in, in Major League Baseball that he's still yeah. in touch with, by the way. That's dope. I mean, you know, he he's a great athlete. Of course, he he had to love the game to go through that. Right. Uh, and he was doing it at the time. And uh, and and you know, even though you know he had the prime time and the mm-hmm. and the neon Dion going on, he was a humble humble dude off the, the off the uh, off the stage or off the field. You know, he's a humble cat and. You know, I've been down with him, watching him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he invited me to to the uh, first Super Bowl he went to uh, when he played against uh, when he played with the I think it was Forty Nine. Forty Nine. Yeah, yeah. And then I then I went again the next year when he was, uh, the when he was with the Cowboys. So uh, you know, Dion is my man, and to do this song for him, you know, his little spot. You know, Snoop had a song there, and I was like, okay, Snoop got a good run, <laughs> but but it's time for me to uh, to throw some cube on there. And, you know, it seemed like he get hyped every time it come on. He so does. That's cool. Oh, there's no doubt. Off the air, too. Yeah, so your fellow Mount Rushmore of uh, West Coast rap uh, up yeah. there, Snoop. Yeah. So you, you heard that, and you, you, you wanted a little piece of, of prime time. Yeah, you know, Snoop had, I think he had a two-year run or something, so I was okay. like, yo, it's, it's my time. It's your turn. It's your turn. No question about that. So give me, because Dion, Dion won't listen to this podcast. I don't know. Dion doesn't have time because, you know, Dion's Dion incorporated now. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Like exactly. he's got business. He's got, he's, by the way, like Snoop, he's running his, his youth football teams like that. Okay. Like they're the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen what Snoop does and what yeah, Dion does. What they, do. they, they have film. They have film of the opponent, the opposing team that they're playing that way. That's crazy. Seriously, he's got film of eight-year-olds running around. To me, it looks like puppies rolling around on the lawn, but he's breaking down film. So he, <laughs> he, he most likely, let's put it that way, most likely he's not downloading this podcast. So yeah. give me some terminology, some rap terms that I can throw into my highlights with him sitting next to me next week. That will blow him away. That That'll he, blow that he, him away. That, well, just the mere fact that I'm now using <laughs> words and terms and cultural references that he would think I would have no idea about. So I, I want to have know something more, where... man. Because I mean, y'all say everything that that you know everybody say. I mean, y'all got the off the chain, you know. Y'all... Well, I mean, that's a good one. I could do. I I, I very rarely use that one. You very rarely use off I the need, chain. I need you to work put on that, that in your vocabulary. I'll put in that my vocabulary. If there's anything else, because I would love to just throw something out of prime in the middle of a segment. Mariucci will go, huh? But Dion will just like he won't be able to speak for the rest of the segment. Let me think about that and I'll give you one. All right. You can <laughs> ponder on that one. So I Am the West is available in stores right now. Yeah. And uh, also on iTunes, I'm sure. Yep. iTunes, you can go to icecube.com. Okay. You might want to get a t shirt or whatever. Okay. Icecube.com. You know? And yeah. then uh, also we follow you on Twitter at icecube. Yeah. And uh, when you play the Niners next week. Yeah, I'll look for those tweets to see how angry you, you, you are know, or whatever. I, I plan on, you know, I love uh, Singletary, Mike, but uh, we plan on giving them his sixth loss in that a would, row. I mean, can you believe that? I can't believe it. You know, when I saw them play in the preseason, I, I kind of thought the records would be reversed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's but, unbelievable what's uh, happening to them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're already talking about maybe his job's on the line right now. I guess when you start 0-5. Is there is there anybody else in the league that uh, you enjoy watching? Any other? Oh, Ray Lewis, of course. You know uh-huh. he's, uh, you know, to me he's the essence of football. Uh, so, oh man, hold on. Is that that? That's my ringtone too. This man. Show, yeah, this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the special wife ringtone. Yeah, that's my wife ringtone right uh-huh. there. Fantastic. But uh, my, it, mine is it's oh, it's it's sad. It's also the Muzak that plays at Barney's when my wife calls. That means that she lets me, I know where she is. You know? Oh, that 
That's trouble. That is uh, yeah. <laughs> that is trouble if, if that. Certainly since I just made a joke at my wife's expense on my podcast. Don't do that. That's a trouble. That, don't do that. So Ray's your guy? You love Ray's watching guy, Ray? Man. I love watching Ray play. Uh -huh. you know, he's incredible. Uh, you know, I'm a Raider fan, so I can't be giving up too much love to none of these <laughs> You chumps. are just hardcore. <laughs> You're hardcore when it comes to it. I'm hardcore with it, man. That's what it's all about. All right, so maybe something off the album here. She couldn't make it on her own. You can or... tell me you're Urbanian. I'm Urbanian. Yeah, you ain't ghetto, you're Urbanian. I like it. <laughs> so when I use a term like off the chain and he makes a comment, I say I'm 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 Urbanian. I'm not uh I'm not uh what... You're not ghetto, you're Urbanian. I'm not ghetto, I'm Urbanian. <laughs> I'm set. It's good to see you, Cube. It really, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. You, by the way, out of all the celebrities who have been on NFL Network, you were the first one to give us a shout-out. I don't know if you're aware of that. Hey, you know, that's what it's all about, man. You know, to me, I've been a fan. Before you guys even came on the air, when mm -hmm. I said y'all was coming, Right. I was still watching... Uh, 212, just wait. 212. <laughs> I mean, you were at the Super Bowl in Houston. That that was the Super Bowl between uh, the Panthers and the Patriots. And you came on our air, and you were dressed in your your Raiders colors as well. And you said that uh, you were on the set of a movie, and you demanded to have uh, DirecTV in your trailer. You had, had We were 11 weeks old. 11 weeks old when, right? you, when you said that, yes. And the whole crew was just buzzing. Yeah, about the fact that you were you were talking about that we were a necessity in your life already, which is fantastic. Already, you know, it's like, you know, off season I, I catch y'all a little bit, but as it starts to ramp up, oh my God, NFL Network is the is the best thing for for any fan. Not great, and now I'm Urbanian, which yeah. I'm very pleased about. I appreciate it. <laughs> Cube, it's great to see you. You too, dude. You are welcome here anytime. That's Thanks. Ice Cube. I Am The West is available right now on iTunes and also at IceCube.com. Follow Ice Cube also at Ice Cube on Twitter. Yep, there we go. Taking us out on the Rich Eisen podcast. Going primetime for Deion Sanders. I want to thank Jared Allen for joining me on this broadcast, along with Bardia Shireas and The Worm. The Worm and uh, Cube sharing the same seat on this podcast. I'm, I'm pleased to put that all together. And uh, we appreciate you logging in on richeisen.nfl.com to find this podcast. Also going on iTunes to get it as well. You can follow me at Rich Eisen on Twitter as well. Do me a favor and give me put this out there on, on Ice Cube that you're on this program. No problem, man. Here we no go. problem. See, there's no such thing as shamelessly asking for a tweet. That's what Twitter's all about. It's about you say something, I say something. You get more followers. It's all love. Good. It it's is all, all love. love. On the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. NFL Network.